This is Nicole Beatty with Generation Justice, and I'm speaking with Kathy McGill, the founder and director of the New Mexico Black History Organizing Committee. Welcome to Generation Justice. Thank you very much, Nicole. How are you? I'm good. How are you? You know what? I'm hanging in there. Okay. I always say that, and I should just say that I'm blessed. So can you please tell us a little bit more about yourself? Oh, gosh. Um, Well, I am... I've been in Albuquerque since 1984, and that seems amazing to me because it's so long. I refuse to get old, um, but that the numbers are adding up. And but as my grandmother said once, and and I didn't really understand it, she just said that life gets gooder and gooder. So I've been doing the work that I want to do and sort of creating my life in the way that I want to create it. I could always have a bit more money and uh, perhaps more time, but in general, it's really good. That's good. That's good. I, I feel you with uh, perhaps a little bit more time. Yeah. Um, just to get everything done in the day. Uh, yeah. So can you please tell us about your personal history in activism and race equity? And when did you get inspired to become a change maker? I think my inspiration has always been my mother, whether I knew it or not. You know, I was stupid when I was young. And, and so I was, you know, always fighting with her, not really realizing that uh, we were so much alike. And I watched her do things that were the right things to do because they were the right things to do. And so her example has been uh, mine as I have gotten into trying to be that kind of person who does the right thing because it's the right thing to do and asking others to do the same. I started an organization about eight years ago that I think was the culmination of all of my work um, in making a world that works for everyone and and creating true multiculturalism in New Mexico. And my organization is called New Mexico Black History Organizing Committee. And I very specifically chose that name. Um, It had black in it. And a lot of people say, well, you should take that out. And I was like, well, no, that's the whole point. Um, And I want people to understand that it's really important to know your history. Marcus Garvey said that uh, people who lack the knowledge of their past history, origin, and culture are like a tree without roots. And so the basis of my work is to create true multiculturalism by helping people understand what it's like to be black, what our culture is, what our history is, and understanding that black history is American history. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about the New Mexico Black History Organizing Committee? Yes. um, We do positive youth development is, is at the core of pretty much everything that we do, because I think it's really important for young people to understand their history. And one of our signature programs is the Roots Summer Leadership Academy. And we just finished this 2018 class, and it was hard, and it was wonderful and hard and wonderful all at the same time. And we work with students age 8 through 16 to teach them about self-esteem and leadership. And we use the arts as a tool because in my other life, I'm also a professional performing artist. And I believe the arts have a a unique ability to uh, transfer those skills, uh, teaching self-esteem. There's nothing better than having someone say that they like your art or your uh, performance um, and giving kids the opportunity, some of whom may not ever get that opportunity in 
mainstream culture. They may be overlooked, but we take those kids and and who are invisible and make them visible and teach them self-esteem and leadership, give them agency. So that's one of our, our major programs. We're in development on a new program called SALSA, which is the Saturday Arts Language Science Academy uh, that will do the same thing, teaching social emotional intelligence and also teaching the arts, um, language arts and science with a cultural lens that we think uh, is going to help kids learn better. Uh, We also every year do the New Mexico Black History Festival, which is a month of activities that uh, covers a wide spectrum of of ideas, and we talk about health and wellness, we talk about arts and culture, we talk about our cuisine, we love our food, we have a an event that we've been doing for the past eight years with the Delta Sigma Theta sorority called the Cotton Club Scholarship Gala, where we raise money to provide scholarships for students who are seeking higher education. So year-round, those are the kind of things we do, and sometimes people just call us up and say, hey, you know, we've got this idea, would you help? Uh, we want to make something that has been invisible visible. Could you help us do that? And we certainly love to do that. We help small businesses who want to get their name out, who are trying to do things in the community. Just a, a whole myriad of of things. And it's always, I think, good to have work when every day you get a chance to do something for other people. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for the work that you do. Thank it's, you. It's, it seems like a lot of dedication, energy, and time. So it does. I understand why you want more time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I see do. how necessary it is. Yes. How can folks be involved with your organization? Oh, wow. Volunteers are like spun gold. So if you would like to volunteer for the New Mexico Black History Organizing Committee, we got lots of stuff for you to do. You can call us at 407-505-407. 6784 or hit us up on our website at nmblackhistorymonth.com and there's plenty of work to do if people are looking around for something to do turn off the tv come see us what moves you to work for the community because you know i think in the spirit of of my beloved mother ruby carter and also my father uh reverend deso mcgill who is a visionary and a pastor for most of his life. It's like, you know, if you see something that needs to be done, like, you know, I, I recall my mother one time, uh, there was a piece of paper on the floor and there were five of us, four four brothers and myself. And we, you know, everybody was walking over this piece of paper. And she said, you know, you see that piece of paper on the floor and whether or not you put it there, you need to pick it up. And so there are some pieces of paper on the floor uh, in New Mexico that somebody's got to pick up. And so we try to do that. Thank you. May I ask, what were some of the earliest civil rights struggles that you were involved in? I would say that, um, you know, going back to my mother, she was one of the first black teachers at an all-white high school in Muskogee, Oklahoma. And so uh, she would come home after, you know, having to deal with being that and having, you know, students disrespect her, their parents disrespect her, and come home and talk to us about how she was able to keep going back there every day uh, in the face of of no evidence that anything like that was going to change. And what I saw from her was that she was so clear that 
she was the right English teacher for the Muskogee High School, that she was going to go back and she was going to teach those students in spite of and because of. And um, that was probably my earliest example of that civil rights struggle because she was a brilliant woman, a brilliant teacher, but that didn't matter because the color of her skin for some people. And so she taught us, and it stays with me to this day, that that we can do anything. And that's what I work to teach the kids that come and work with the Root Summer Leadership Academy and with New Mexico Black History is that you can do anything and the color of your skin will never be a detriment. It's always something to be proud of. How does music, culture, and art impact social change? Oh, wow. I think there's a concept in West African culture called Ngoma, and it's the music, it's the dance, it's the story, it's all together. You can't separate it, and it's all a part of what creates our life. And so the the music is just an integral part of everything that we do. The dance is an integral part of everything we do because it helps us to advance the story. Um, I think musicians and artists have always been great social commentators. We sort of hold the stories of our villages and tell them in a way that is relatable to people of who maybe are not even from our village. And what are some of the lessons you've learned in your work that you would like to share with young people in our community? I think that one, one of the things that uh, um, that we hear often, especially from teenagers, is that, Miss Kathy, I'm bored. And it's like, well, that's your problem. Uh, we've given you things to do, and we've given you uh, places that you can go to search for your interests. And so I would just say that that what we make of our lives is really up to us and that we have a personal responsibility to do what we can for as long as we can and as much as we can with what we have available to us. Can you name three heroes that you look up to the most and a little bit why they are your heroes? I'm going to say from a musician's perspective, Etta James, because um, and, and there's so many, I could name a lot of vocalists, but as a vocalist myself, I loved Etta James' voice because when she opened her mouth, you knew it was her. Um, and it was unique, uniquely her and unapologetically her. Um, she was kind of a mean person, actually, when I met her. It was like, uh, she was like, what do you want? And, you know, she was my hero. <laughs> But um, but she was unapologetically her, and I loved her all of her life. Uh, there's so many other uh, artists that I could say that about, uh, thinking really great thoughts for Aretha Franklin right now, who's perhaps at the end of her days. But, you know, artists like, like that who are uniquely themselves are uh, important to me. So I would say from a musician's perspective, um, Etta James, and I got to mention Aretha also. And then from an, an activist and an author's perspective, James Baldwin. I mean, there will never be another voice like James Baldwin's. And, and what he talked about in The Fire Next Time and, and uh, when I went to go see his movie, I'm Not Your Negro, it was like, this is my life on the screen. And I loved um, his voice in 
in writing. And what he said <clears throat> to us also is, is what my mother said, is that, that you can be and do anything that you want and that you do it in spite of and because of. And then I would say from a humanitarian perspective and someone that I know personally, I'm going to talk about a friend of mine, Dr. Wanda Padilla, um, who says that she is the ambassador of fun. And what she says is that you got to live a life that you want to live and that it's our purpose in life to have fun. Thank you. Thank you for that. And what is the most important message that you want to make sure you get out? I would say that it's our job, our absolute responsibility to create a world that works for everyone and one where we respect and celebrate our differences and where we make room for our differences and we celebrate them and we make no room for anything that is other than that. Thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, no, I just want to say thank you for, for doing this. It's really exciting to be a part of the conversation. And, you know, as I tell my kids, there is nothing that we can't solve if we're able to talk about it. Thank you. This is Nicole Beatty with Generation Justice.